Jesus, Exodus chapter 7. Jesus, hallelujah. And I'm reading from verse 14 to 25. And then you can also put a, put a pin in Hebrews chapter 11, because I'm going to turn there immediately after. So we're looking at Exodus 7, and then we're going to look at Hebrews 11. Amen? When you have it, let's stand and we'll read, and, and as we read the word of the Lord, just to, as we honor the word of the Lord. So when you have it, please stand to your feet. I'm in the book of Exodus chapter 7, and verse 14 to 25. And God said to Moses, Pharaoh is a stubborn man. He refuses to release the people. First thing in the morning, go and meet Pharaoh as he goes down to the river. At the shore of the Nile, take the staff that turned into a snake and say to him, God, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you with this message. Release my people so that they can worship me in the wilderness. So far, you haven't listened. This is how you'll know that I am God. I'm going to take this staff that I'm holding and strike this Nile River water. The water will turn to blood. Somebody say blood. The fish in the Nile will die. The Nile will stink. And the Egyptians won't be able to drink the Nile water. Verse 19, God said to Moses, tell Aaron, take your staff and wave it over the waters of Egypt, over its rivers, its canals, its ponds, all its bodies of water, so that they turn to blood. There'll be blood everywhere in Egypt, even in the pots and pans. Moses and Aaron did exactly as God commanded them. Aaron raised his staff and hit the water in the Nile with Pharaoh and his servants watching. All the water in the Nile turned to blood. The, Nile, the fish in the Nile died, the Nile stank, and the Egyptians couldn't drink the Nile water. The blood was everywhere in Egypt. Hebrews 11. <clears throat> the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. Verse 23. By an act of faith, Moses' parents hid him away for three months after his birth. They saw the child's beauty and they braved the king's decree. By faith, Moses, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the, oppro with the oppressors. He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp far greater than Egyptian wealth. Because he was looking ahead. Somebody say, looking ahead. Anticipating the payoff. By an act of faith, he turned his heel on Egypt. 
indifferent to the king's blind rage. He had his eye on the one no eye can see and kept right on going. By an act of faith, he kept the Passover feast and sprinkled Passover blood on each house so that the destroyer of the firstborn wouldn't touch them. Verse 29, by an act of faith, Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians tried it and drowned. By faith, the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho for seven days and the walls fell flat. Amen. In just a moment, you can take your seat. But before you do, look at a neighbor on your left and on your right and say, neighbor. Come on, say it like you say, neighbor. I'm so glad you made it. After all you've been through, you're still here. Come on, look at another neighbor and say, neighbor. I almost didn't make it. But after all I've been through. I'm still here. Come on, say, after all I've been through, I'm still here. Now let's do spiritual warfare from our position of victory. Say with me, Satan, you keep trying and we keep winning. There is blood in the water and I'm still here. Come on and give the Lord an I'm still here praise. Hallelujah. I want to speak tonight on the subject, blood in the water. Go ahead and take your seats. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your anointing. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for bringing us together in this fashion. And for these next few moments, Father, we turn our attention to you. We come against distraction. We come against everything that would seek to to, to keep us from what you have to say to us on tonight. And we pray, Lord, that your anointing will break yokes in this place, that you will have your way, and that your people will be set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, blood in the water. Blood in the water. And I'm not going to be too long, so let's just stay with me. Amen. How many of you have been enjoying this, this series, Go Deeper, Going Deeper? You know, we've been talking about going deeper. The Lord spoke to us at the beginning of the semester, going deeper. Amen. And we began with the Lord challenging us to inspect intentions. Remember that? Somebody say inspect intentions. Meaning we are to discern why people are in our lives and to become aware of our squads, the people that we're doing life with, the people who, that, we, that we work with, our squads, the people who... That who the Lord has allowed in our lives, the people who stay on our nerves, understanding the roles that they play in propelling us into all that God has for us. Amen? Amen. And we were further challenged to rethink resistance. Someone say rethink resistance. And to consider the idea that maybe what you thought was working against you was actually working for you. Amen? And maybe the hell that you're going through was designed to build such a resilience in you that was going to be necessary for you to be able to handle the next level. Look at your neighbor and say, can you handle it? Can you handle it? Because we understand that with every new level comes a new devil. Amen? New level, new devil. Now, just just to digress for a moment, I had the opportunity to minister to some youth a couple weeks ago, and I had to let them know about the OGs of video games.
I mean, for the older millennials, it wasn't about PS this and PS that. We had Sega and Nintendo. Anybody in the house? We had Sega and Nintendo. And things got a little fancy with Super Nintendo. Amen? Now I want you to meet Pastor Mario and Brother Luigi. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are not familiar with the story of Mario and Luigi, let me catch you up real quick. Amen? Super Mario and Brother Luigi had one job. To save the princess. That was your one job. Save the princess, right? But they faced different degrees and different types of obstacles and opposition along the way. You had the Goomba. Let's show the Goomba. Uh-huh. And then you had the Koopa. Yeah? And you had to go through the level dealing with Goombas and Koopas along the way. Then, at the end of the level, you had to face one of the big Koopas. The Goombas were easy to beat. You just had to give them one little... The Koopas were easy to beat. You had to give them one... Or if you had firepower, just one pow, right? But at the end of the level, before you could get to the next level, there was an enemy waiting... That is going to take a little more than one stomp and one pow to defeat. Are you with me? This territorial enemy is going to require you to fight like you've never fought before. You're going to have to get, be ready to do what you've never done. Because to have what you've never had, you've got to do what you've never done. Somebody say that with me. To have what you've never had. You've got to do what you've never done. And what I'm seeing and picking up in my spirit is that there are some people who are in here or maybe even watching this online that are on the brink of transitioning into another level or another season. But it may seem like all hell has broken loose on your life. And it may seem like there's a thin line between giving up and going deeper. And the enemy thinks that he's got you where he wants you because he smells blood in the water. But I have a word from the Lord for you today. This is not the time for you to give up. This is not the time for you to quit. Look, in somebody, look at somebody and say, not today. Not today. It's not time for you to throw in the towel. Amen? But there are three things that we will come to understand today. And that is that number one, God will take care of your enemies. Somebody say, God will take care of your enemies. Number two... God will allow your enemies. And number three, you have to hold on to your faith. You have to hold on to your faith. Three things. God will take care of your enemies. God will allow the enemies. And you have to hold on to your faith. God will take care of your enemies. Verse 14, we looked at the text. God said to Moses, Pharaoh is a stubborn man. He refuses to release the people. He says, first thing in the morning, go meet Pharaoh as he goes down to the river. At the shore of the Nile, take the staff that, turned, that you turned into a snake and say to him, God, the God of Hebrews, sent me with this message. Let my people go. Amen? So far you haven't listened, and this is how you'll know that I am God. I'm going to take the staff and strike the river, and the water will turn to blood. West Indian translation, all who don't hear must feel. Amen? And an observation from the text, there's a couple of observations that I want to pull out. And the first one is that God has the final word. 
Somebody say with me. God has the final word. And this is for somebody. Stubbornness doesn't change what God has ordered. Stubbornness does not change what God has ordered. The problem with Pharaoh is that he didn't take the word of God seriously. The word itself didn't move him and didn't faze him. But I came to tell somebody today that your character flaws will not be able to stop what God has ordained. Hello. I said your character flaws will not be able to stop what God has ordained. You can question, debate, and run all you want to, but you will find that to be, an, to be unproductive because God has the final word as it relates to everything. Aren't you glad to be on the Lord's side? Aren't you glad that man doesn't get the final word? Because if man got the final word, you would have been disqualified a long time ago. If man had the final word, you would have been ostracized a long time ago. If man had the final word, you wouldn't be living in the house that you're living in. Hello? If man had the final word, I wouldn't be standing here today holding this microphone. If man had the final word, you wouldn't have a seat at the table. But I'm so glad that the word of the Lord says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Hallelujah. You thought that the loan officer had the final word on your mortgage. But God had the final word. That was the favor of God. You thought that man approved your application. No, 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 no. That was the favor of God. You thought that, God, that, you, that, you thought that man gave you the promotion or you worked hard and got that promotion. No, 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 no. That was God. Because God has the final word. So, excuse me, Pharaoh. God said, let my people go. And because of your stubbornness, there is blood in the water. Because God has the final word and your stubbornness does not change what God has ordained. Put your hands together for the Lord. Another observation from the text is that God will always give you a chance to do the right thing. God will always give you a chance to do the right thing. Then the text, he said, first, he told him, first thing in the morning, go and meet Pharaoh. So he gave him chances. You had, he had chances. And now I, God, you know, God is better than me. Because I don't like to do a lot of talking. <laughs> Go figure. And further to that, I don't like to have to repeat myself. Now I thought about sitting there and counting out the number of times that God said those words, let my people go. And then I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. But just understand that it was a lot of times. It was more than once, twice, and even more than three times. Amen? But the truth is you will always have the opportunity to do the right thing. Now, I heard a story about a pastor whom God was telling to do something beyond what that pastor was expecting or willing to do. And the pastor made the excuse, oh, I don't want to get ahead of God. And, and, and he's went to, he was talking to one of his mentors, and his mentor said to him, it's better for you to get ahead of God and let God stop it than to stay where you are, stagnant, not move with God, and then he chooses to use someone else. And, you, and some, of you have been, some of you will say, okay, that's fine with me. Go ahead and use someone else. The devil is a liar. And you're a liar too because deep down in your spirit, you know that you want to do what God has called you to do. Amen? But no matter how much uh, the going down the wrong way you've been doing, there is always the opportunity to get back on track. Amen? 
Now, the problem is you're going to have to live with the consequences of your actions. There's going to have to be blood in the water. And for Pharaoh, the consequences came in the forks of plague, plagues. And if Sunday school lesson, he turned, the water turned to blood. There was frogs and lice and mixture of wild animals, diseased livestock and boils and thunderstorm of hail and fire, locusts and darkness for three days. And then the death of his firstborn son. It didn't have to be so hard. Look at someone and say, it doesn't have to be so hard. The songwriter gives us this, the, the remedy. He says, trust and obey for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Amen? And I don't know if there's anybody in here like me who doesn't get it right all of the time. But is there anybody who's grateful, who's truly grateful for another chance? Anybody truly grateful that God didn't give up on you? Anybody truly grateful for goodness and grace and mercy? Hallelujah. That's why... I'm disobedient, and while I try to do my own thing and I try to go my own way, his love keeps after me. Even in my disobedient state, his grace and his mercy pulls me back in. And the song puts it very nicely. It says, there's no wall he won't kick down. There's no lie he won't tear down coming after you. It chases me down. It fights till I'm found and it leaves the 99. Amen? Amen? You're still here, and it means you have another chance to do the right thing. You're still here, and it means you have another chance to set things right. You're still here, and it means you have another chance to answer the call. Somebody give him praise because he is a God of a second chance. I don't know. Come on. He's a God of a second chance. You know you really shouldn't be here. You know you really shouldn't hold a microphone. You really shouldn't be doing what you're doing, but he is a God of a second chance. And I don't know about you, but I've had to use that jail, get out of jail free card many of times. And I thank God that I'm still here. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But he gave me a second chance. Amen. And if I told you the truth about the number of chances I'm really on you to run right out of this room, but his grace is sufficient to keep me. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you can't praise him for all the chances that he's given you, you can praise him for all the chances he's given me. Amen? (laughs) God will always give you a chance to do the right thing. Amen? God will take care of your enemies. Fast forward into the story. Hebrews 11 says, By an act of faith, Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground, and then the Egyptians tried it and drowned. Pharaoh's here playing this game of hold me, loose me with the Egyptians. After he already let them go, he changed his mind and sent the Egyptians to recapture the Israelites. And the Bible says that the Lord used Moses to part the Red Sea so that the Israelites could walk through it and cross over to the other side. But Egyptians, in hot pursuit of them, were swallowed up in the water. Now I've come to prophetically declare that the things that have been plaguing you this year, the problems that you have been dealing with, And the haters you have been dealing with are not permitted to cross over with you. I said it's not allowed. The things that you have been facing, the opposition and the oppression that you had to deal with, that you've had to endure, that you've had to handle. I said it's not permitted to cross over with you. Hello. 
Can you say it's not allowed? I'm sorry, I didn't come to play patty cake with the devil. It's crossover time. And the devils from this level that have been trying to run me down this year, God has taken care of every one of them. So that means I get my joy back now. It means I get my peace back now. It means I get my mind back now. I get my family back now. I get my ministry back now. I get my children back now. I'm going for blood. And the blood that's in the water is the blood of the Egyptians trying to run me down. Hello, somebody. There's blood in the water. and It's the blood of the Egyptians trying to run you down. Everything that is coming after you, it's getting swallowed up in the name of Jesus. Look at somebody and say, it's swallowed up. It's swallowed up. I'm walking in the way that the Lord has prepared for me. And it can't come with me. It's my time. Somebody say, it's my time. It's my time for a miracle. It's my, I'm due for a miracle. When he saved me, it took a miracle. When he freed me, it took a miracle. When he delivered me, it took a miracle. I may not see it yet. I may not see it right now, but watch me cross over and let depression try to follow me. Watch me cross over and let sickness try to follow me. Watch me cross over and let addictions try to follow me. Watch me cross over and let anxiety try to follow me. There is a mighty rushing flood on my back and it's getting ready to consume anything that is not of God that follows after me as I cross over. God has taken care of my enemies. Somebody give God praise. Point number two. God will allow your enemies. Blood in the water is typically an indication that there is weakness or vulnerability around. And when there is blood in the water, a predator tries to take advantage and gain the upper hand on the seemingly weaker or vulnerable party. And the Lord has been showing me that there are many of us, myself included, that have been operating out of a place of hurt, weakness, and vulnerability. We've been going through life with blood in the water. Hello. And if I'm to be transparent, at a very young age, I was diagnosed with different types of depressive and anxiety disorders. And it's something that I've had to battle with most of my life. And I've had to really, I've had to go through life battling these things, and I've had to sit through many preachers saying, how can you be depressed and serve Jesus? And I've had to navigate some, some of the times when people say or do certain things that trigger me or that set me off. I've had to manage suicidal thoughts on Saturdays and then find the strength to get up and shout and praise God on Sunday. Now, I don't have all the answers, but what I do know is that my worship is for real. I do know that I love God and he loves me. Hallelujah. And you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. But I found myself in a place of frustration. Frustrated with myself, frustrated with the people around me, frustrated with God because while I don't have all the answers, I know that God has a plan for my life. And while I don't have all the answers, I know that I am called. I know that I am anointed and appointed for such a time as this. But it, it, it's reconciling the, 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 the feelings that you have and the, and, and the understanding and the knowledge that you have that God, is really, that God has called you. And if I'm to be really honest, 
I didn't think I was going to make it here today. Because I've been doing this thing called life, purpose, and ministry with blood in the water. And the thing about having blood in the water is that it attracts the enemy to you. He sees it as an opportunity to kick you when you're down. But God, he gave me a revelation on my situation. The problem with the devil is that he's a fool who doesn't learn. He's a fool who doesn't learn. When Jesus was fasting 40 days, he got to a place where he was in a vulnerable state. And the enemy tried to to play on his weaknesses. But let's look at what 2 Corinthians 12.10 says in the English Standard Version. It says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And we, under, we know that Jesus overcame the devil with the word. And the devil was so fixed on trying to get rid of Jesus that he thought that when they killed Jesus, it would be a win for Camp Satan. He didn't count on the fact that Jesus would rise again in just three days. And now, all people have to do is confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that he rose, that he rose Christ from the dead and that he is Lord and they are saved. Now you get to get saved. Everybody gets to get saved. Everybody, you get to get saved. Everybody gets to get saved just by confessing with their mouth, believing in their heart that he is Lord. You are saved. You get to be saved. You get to be saved. You get to be saved. The whole earth can be saved. All they have to do is confess with their mouth and believe in their heart and, and you'll be saved. We are saved by grace. Hallelujah. My God. But listen to this. Don't judge people based on their condition because their condition is not their conclusion. <laughs> so now the blood that's in the water, my blood in the water, is covered by the blood that Jesus spilt at Calvary. My condition is not my conclusion. And if God can raise Jesus in just three days, what can he do with a depressed me? What can he do with a broken you? You might have some blood in the water. The enemy might be coming at you on every side. But all that means is your third day is coming. And that your new level is just around the corner. I wish somebody would believe this thing like I believe it. The enemy will try it. He'll try it. But you've got to understand that in your, your third day is coming. Tell somebody my third day is coming. My third day is coming. Amen. And the enemy will try to show you yourself. And people will try to throw in your face what you've done, what, you, what you're doing. And, 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 every, and, and it's, a, it's an attack from the enemy. But I've decided. I have decided that my confession is not going to be that I'm under attack. I am not under attack. I am in a fight. Because being under attack suggests that I'm running from my life and taking cover. But that's not what's happening around here. I'm fighting back. I'm standing in the authority of Jesus Christ. And I'm fighting back. It's time for some of us to get our fight back. Don't just sit there and let the devil wreak havoc over your life. Fight back. Tell somebody, fight back. Fight back. Now, how do you fight back? I'm glad you asked. 
Praise is my weapon of choice. Brother Job says it this way, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And I like how Brother David puts it. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. You got to get ready to fight for it. You got to open up your mouth and give the devil a black eye with your praise. Come on, somebody. You got to get real ratchet with the devil and tell him I'm not fighting for you to give it to me. I'm fighting to defend it because it's already mine. Victory is already mine. Peace is already mine. Joy is already mine. Give somebody a high five and tell them it's mine. It's mine. Hallelujah. You know how else you can you, you, you fight for it? Just by showing up. Just by showing up. If the enemy can get you to stop showing up, he's happy with that. That's how I fight the enemy. I show up. I answer the call. I answer the bell. And sometimes just getting up out of bed is a fight. But if you can muster up the strength... If you can find the courage to show up, then God will show out on your behalf. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I praise him and I show up. Tell somebody, show up. I show up because I know too much about God to let my failures, my frailties, and my foolishness stop me from serving him. I said I know too much about him to let my frailties, my failures, and foolishness stop me from serving him. My God. Hallelujah. Oppositions and, and opposers serve a purpose in your life. They keep you on your toes so you don't get lazy, complacent, or stuck. But when they have finished their assignment... The Lord will strategically remove them so that you can get to yours. When they finish their job, the Lord will remove them so that you can get to yours. Amen. My last point. My God. Faith it forward. Faith it forward. Hebrews 11. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God. This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, by what we, we, what we see created by what we don't see. This next leg of the journey is going to require a lot more faith. I said a lot more faith. Faith is what is going to be the vehicle by which you will have to make it through this next year. It's going to pull some stuff out of you that you never knew you had. Some of you have been living off of somebody else's faith. But this year, it's time for you to get your own. Amen? It's time for you to stand on your own faith. If you can say that I got me here, if you can say that I did this myself, I made it here, I worked hard and I did, I got myself here, then you haven't reached anywhere yet. But if you can say that my faith got me here, 
If you can say that I didn't know how it was going to happen, but somehow, some way, God came in and intervened and here I am, then you're on your way to your next level. Amen? And I came to remind us and to stir up your faith tonight. I came to activate your faith tonight. Amen? Because faith doesn't see how it's going to happen. Faith knows that it has to happen. I said faith doesn't, doesn't see how it's going to happen. Faith knows that no matter what, it has to happen. Amen? And how do, we, how do we strengthen our faith? We set up memorials. Remember what the Lord has done. Our text in Hebrews outlines the hall of faith. It kept, it, there's, there's so many sentences. It says, by an act of faith, Moses' parents hid him. By an act of faith, Moses, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian house. By an act of faith, Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians tried it and drowned. By faith, by faith, the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho for seven days, and the walls fell flat. Make a record of what God has done in your life. Celebrate every step. Celebrate every level. Celebrate every victory. Amen? Make a, make a record of it. And remember the time when you were living off of oodles and noodles. But the Lord made a way. Remember the time when the bills were piling up and you didn't know how you were going to make it through, but the Lord made a way. Remember the time when you were served that eviction notice and the Lord made a way. Remember the time when they repossessed the car, but the Lord made a way. I've got faith strong enough to believe that if he did it before, he can do it again. I said I've got faith strong enough to believe that if God had done it one time, he can do it again. Hallelujah. You think what you're going to need in this season is more money. But this year what you really need is more faith. Because money gets spent. But faith endures. Somebody say more faith. More faith. And faithing it forward doesn't depend on money. All you need to do to faith it forward is a word from God. All you need is a word from God. I got anybody in here who's ever received a word from God? Anybody have a word from God? Anybody have a word from God? I mean, things don't seem to be adding up, but I've got a word to hold on to. Amen? They might have told you that it was over, but I've got a word from God to hold on to. Man doesn't order my steps. My steps are ordered by the Lord. And I'm getting ready to realize and possess that which is mine. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to get what's mine. Say, I'm going to get what's mine. I may not have all the degrees behind my name. My credit score might be jacked up, but I've got a word from the Lord and I've got faith strong enough to believe God for what he said. Because if God said it, I believe it and that settles it. Amen. This next level is above your pay grade. And so you can't do it with your own resources. Because if you do, then you're going to want to take the glory from it. But if God gets, if God does it, God gets the glory. I wonder if I got anybody in the house tonight that's ready to face it forward. Come on, so tell somebody, I've got the faith bug. I've got the faith bug. Let's stand to our feet tonight. A symptom of the faith bug is praise. Can we just take a moment? And give God praise right here. Come on, anybody got faith strong enough to believe God? Has he done anything for you? Are you trusting him for anything? Are you believing him for anything? Come on somebody, we started off the night praising him for bringing us through. Now let's give God a praise that is activated by our faith for what he is going to do. Hallelujah. We don't know who, what, when, where, or why. But all I know is that God is going to do it.
I said, God is going to do it. And I might have some blood in the water, but I'm not the only one with blood in the water because the devil has blood in the water too. I'm not letting him get away with foolishness. I'm not taking any punches from him sitting down. I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. Somebody say with me, I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. You can watch me fight or you can help me fight. All I know is I'm fighting back. But the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight. But when two of us come together, my God, when two of us come together and when the collective of us come together, then tens of thousands are put to flight. So if you activate your faith tonight, and if you activate your faith, and if you activate your praise, and if you activate your praise, if you show up, if I show up, if we show up, we confuse the enemy and we render his plans null and void and ineffective. My God, activate your faith. Activate your faith. Activate your praise. Let the worship team come. Oh, my God. My God. My God. Maybe you're in the room tonight and you're like me. You're at a point where you're operating with blood in the water and it's like things aren't happening for you they're just happening to you I want us to pray tonight let's let's make this let's make this an altar and let's come forward real quick for a time of prayer a time of trusting God a time where we can tap into the power of our weakness Because I believe that our condition is not our conclusion. And what you're going through is not, is, is it designed to take you to the next level? Faith is a challenge because it's hard to see past what the situation is right now. But you have to understand that sometimes situations are set up so that you have no other choice to, but to trust God. God will take care of the enemies. But he'll also allow them. But you've got to activate your faith. Hallelujah. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Say, this is how I fight. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight. This is how. Come, Chris. 